This weekend, we've got the joy to be reading from the book of Ephesians. Um, So please do open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. And once... Cool. I think we're all there. Uh, We'll start verse 1 then. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus... Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the time reaches their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven And on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion. Every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Um, So now I'm going to invite our speaker up, which is Adrian. So, uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you um, for um, the way you've left your word um, to teach us. And um, we do pray for Adrian now that you would be with him as he helps us think through um, the beginning of the book of Ephesians. Amen. Amen. Um, What I'm going to do is just, uh, first of all, move this to one side. Um, I'm just going to explain what we're going to do this evening and um, it will set us up for the next couple of days. Really this evening is just a a brief introduction to what we're going to be doing over the next um, three sessions, one tomorrow morning, one tomorrow afternoon, and then Sunday morning. We're going to look at part of the passage we read this evening, verse 3 through to verse 18. Extraordinary passage in Ephesians. It's actually one sentence, 
when it was originally written out, just one sentence. And we're going to be going slowly through it and unpacking seven blessings that you find in that passage. Now, um, some of you will realise that seven is not divisible by three, but don't worry, we're going to do two tomorrow morning, two tomorrow afternoon, and then three on Sunday morning. We're not actually going to get to any of the blessings tonight, we're just going to look at verse three, and we're going to let verse three sink in. It will set the agenda for what we're going to do over the next few days, but I'm hoping too that verse three itself will thrill you as you see what God has given us in Christ Jesus. So the seven blessings, if you're um, looking down at your notes, you'll see that they're there. You'll see that it says we're doing one tonight. So I'm sorry that under the Trade Descriptions Act, I could probably be prosecuted. We're not going to do the first blessing tonight. I'm going to save it for the guys who are coming just for Saturday. So they kind of come in at the beginning. So number one is chosen. Number two, adopted. Number three, redeemed. Number four, forgiven. Number five, enlightened. Number six, included. Number seven, sealed. And that will take us through. But they all sit under verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. About 10 years ago, I was speaking at a preaching conference in Cameroon. It's quite a strange experience, um, not least because we were held hostage for a while by the police which is not something I recommend. But um, what was odd about this uh, preaching conference was um, one particular break has just kind of lodged in my mind. And in this particular break, I was speaking to a, a guy who was a, a senior pastor in a church in this place where I was, a place called Limbe. And as I was chatting to him, he was called Pastor Blessing, which is an appropriate name given what we're looking at. And, and as I was chatting to him, he had his phone in his hand and he kept looking at it. Not just, you know, every now and again, pulling it out of his back pocket and, and seeing if he had any text messages, but he was like this all the time. It wasn't um, a smartphone. It was kind of one of those Nokia bricks, you know, that you, kind of, you, can, you can make a call and you can send a text. That's basically it. But he had it there and he kept looking and he kept looking and he kept looking. And after a while, I thought, this is a little bit disconcerting. So I said to him, Pastor Blessing, why do you keep looking at your phone? He said, my daughter is about to give birth. Now, that kind of resonates with me right now. Um, but, I, you know, I was a little bit surprised because this guy was about 25. I was trying to sort of do the maths and work out how it was that his daughter was about to give birth. And he obviously saw that I looked a bit puzzled. And so he said to me, my daughter in Christ, just to make it clear. In other words, it was a member of his congregation. I thought, that's nice. It's a pastor. He loves his people. He's very concerned for this woman in his congregation who's about to give birth. And so he keeps looking at his phone. That's lovely. I'm very pleased for him. He kept looking and he kept looking. And then suddenly he had a text. And he said, I must go. I must go. I must go right now. And he was gone before I had a chance to ask him what was going on. But I was standing not far away from my friend Emmanuel, who brought me over to Cameroon. I said, Emmanuel, come over here. Just tell me what went on. I didn't quite understand it. Blessing was he was looking at his phone, and, and it, obviously some woman in his congregation was about to give birth, and then he suddenly disappeared, almost without you know, a, a buy or leave, without saying anything to me. And Emmanuel said to me, oh, it's like this. He said, the pastor has to be there at every birth. I said, what do you mean there? You know, like in the corridor, outside? You know, just kind of providing moral support. He said, no, no, in the delivery suite. I said, oh. And I had this vision of Pastor Blessing 
not at the business end, you understand, but at the other end, you know, holding the hand and, and being there. So I said, is, is that the kind of thing that goes on? He said, oh, no, 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 you, you've got it all wrong. Pastor Blessing delivers the baby. <laughs> it is considered a blessing for the pastor to deliver the baby. Now, Hugh, you've got a bit of medical background, <laughs> so you're probably a shoo-in for this city church. But Neil, I, I, know, I know you want this task, I know you want this job. Um, it's not a ministry I imagine you want, or probably anybody in the congregation wants you to have. <laughs> but it reveals a deep desire of the human heart to be blessed, to be favoured. For the God who is above all things and supreme above all things to somehow give us his favour. It is considered a blessing for Pastor Blessing to be there at the birth because somehow God would, would bring blessing to the child, blessing to the family. It's the deep desire of the human heart to be blessed by God, to receive from him the giver of good gifts. It's a deep desire that actually you see all the way through Scripture. If you were to do a a sermon series, I guess you may have done from time to time in Genesis, you will discover that a number of characters cry out to God, Oh, that you would bless me! Bless me! Bless me! And, And children say to their fathers, Bless me! It's the deep desire of the human heart. And the danger with thinking about it without really giving it a kind of theological framework, a biblical framework, is we begin to think to ourselves that the Christian life is essentially about us seeking blessing from God. And that's what will bring us fulfilment. If only God would bless me, then somehow everything would be okay. If only God would bless me, then my life would be more straightforward. If only God would bless me, I would have more sense of peace about the things that are going on in my life, and so on, and so on. We're a little bit Oliver Twist. This is um, one of my favourite quotes from Oliver Twist. You probably know it very well. Child as he was, he was desperate with hunger and reckless with misery. He rose from the table and advancing to the master, basin and spoon in hand, He said, somewhat alarmed at his own temerity, please, sir, I want some more. The master, Harry Seacombe, was a fat, healthy man, but he turned very pale. He gazed in stupefied astonishment on the small rebel for some seconds and then clung for support to the copper. The assistants were paralysed with wonder, the boys with fear. What? said the master at length in a faint voice. Please, sir, replied Oliver, I want some more. Now, at at some level, that's how people think the Christian life works. We don't have enough. God has plenty. and, And the Christian life is therefore saying to him, give me more. Please, sir, I want some more. Please, sir, more of this. Please, sir, more of that. The extraordinary truth that is contained in just verse 3, the one verse we're going to look at this evening, is this. God, in spiritual terms, has already given us everything. 
And therefore, the key to spiritual contentment, the secret, if you like, to being content as a Christian is not for God to give us more. It's for us to appreciate what he has already given. Let me say that again, because it's so important. It's not for God to give us more. It's for us to appreciate and enjoy and delight in and affirm what he has already given. And that's what this passage is about. It's about Paul writing to Christians in Ephesus and in some of the towns around Ephesus and saying, this is what God has given you in Christ. You are adopted. Sorry, you're chosen. You are adopted. You are redeemed. You are forgiven. You are enlightened. You are included. You are sealed. You have every spiritual blessing in Christ. And therefore, you are as blessed as you possibly can be. And and my prayer, really, that as we look into this verse tonight, verse 3, and the next couple of days, my prayer is that you will begin to appreciate more with me what we already have in Christ Jesus. And that will give us contentment. That will bring us peace. That will stir up joy and delight in us as we see how gracious and generous God has already been. So just look at down at this one verse, and let's interrogate it a little bit. Let's just ask some questions of the verse tonight. Nothing too onerous, I hope. Nothing too stressful on a Friday night. You've had probably difficult journeys through the M6 roadworks. I know what those are like. Um, you know, you've had long days perhaps at work or with the kids, or the kids you know, want to go off and are ready to do other things. So nothing too onerous tonight. Let's just ask some questions of verse 3 to set us up for the rest of the weekend. So look at verse 3 with me. And, and by the way, um, verse 3 through to verse 14, sorry, I said verse 18 earlier, I meant verse 14. Verse, through, verse 3 through to verse 14, it's a good passage to memorise. Okay, now if you want the challenge, the challenge is see if you can memorise it by Sunday morning. If you can't memorise it, see if you can memorise verse 3. It's a good start, isn't it? Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Let's interrogate it. Let's ask some questions. First question, who has blessed us? Who has blessed us? Here is the answer. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, That's not just simply saying our Father, is it? There's a a kind of a twist in it. Do you notice that? How would you normally refer to Father God? You would say our Father, our Father who art in heaven. Or even back to verse 2. Look at verse 2. Grace and peace to you from God our Father. That's the way we normally would describe Father God. What does Paul say in verse 3? Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not our Father, first of all, but the Father of Jesus. Not our God, first of all, but the God of Jesus, the Son. That's a very unusual way of describing the Father. Very unusual. So, So why does he do it? Why does Paul do it? Why does he express himself in this way? Well, it must be for this reason. The blessings that we have come to us through Jesus. They come to us because of Jesus. They're not blessings that are given to me as a reward for what I've done. 
They're blessings that are given to me as a reward for what Jesus has done. He's earned them. I haven't earned them. They've come to me because of him, because of his perfect life, because of his atoning death, because of his glorious resurrection, because of his amazing ascension, because of his rule in heaven, because of his intercession at the right hand of the Father, because the Father is the Father of the Son, so these blessings come to me. So even in, even in one or two tiny words that Paul uses, we're kind of calibrated right at the beginning that all the blessings that God gives us, he gives us in Christ. They come to us in Christ. Which is perhaps a second question we could ask. Who do they come from? They come from the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. How do they come to us? They come to us in Christ. They come to us because we're joined to Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, that little phrase, in Christ, is a really important one to Paul. It doesn't just mean that we are followers of Jesus. It doesn't just mean that we are disciples, lovers, um, those who are pleased to be known as the Jesus crowd, all that kind of stuff. But in Christ means that we're actually joined to him. One with him. It's a really important phrase in Ephesians. It occurs about 28 times, which is quite a lot. It starts there in verse 1. Look, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you just look down at our verses, you'll see how many times it appears, even in our little passage. So it's there at the end of verse 3, in Christ. It's there at the beginning of verse 4. He chose us in him, in Christ. Um, It's similar in verse 5. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. Verse 7, in him. In other words, in Christ. Verse 9, towards the end, the plans and purposes in Christ. Verse 11, in Christ. Him. Do you see how it keeps going? You can keep going, can't you? Verse 12, in Christ. Verse 13, in Christ. It, it, it's a theme that runs throughout Ephesians. It's especially dominant in the first half. Not exclusively so, but it, it's especially dominant in the first three chapters. I, I think if you wanted to, a, a couple of words that describe what the first three chapters of Ephesians are about, they are describing what it means to be in Christ. I think the second three chapters, if you're interested, uh, chapters four, five and six, describe what it means to be like Christ. So if you want an overall theme for what Ephesians is about, you would say it like this, in Christ, like Christ. Now, those distinctions aren't absolute. We're going to see that being in Christ has implications for how we live and how we think and how we act. And as you get into the second half of the book, like Christ, you discover there's kind of great doctrinal truths that come through. But broadly speaking, that's how the letter works. In Christ, like Christ. Who do the blessings come from? Who has blessed us? The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. How has he blessed us? Because we are in Christ Jesus. We are joined to him. We are one with him. His spirit dwells in us. So that we are intimately connected. 
so that we can say, he lives in me and I in him. That is how these blessings come to us. Next question, where has he blessed us? Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms. Now, at first glance, this seems a little odd. You see, what I really want is I want to be blessed now. I I don't want to be blessed in the heavenly realms. That sounds as though it's something to look forward to. I'm terrible at waiting for stuff. Um, My wife has learned this. She's got some pretty sneaky hiding places for the Christmas presents, but I know them all. I know them all. And you can do a little bit of prodding. You can work out exactly what's under the tree, or you can just look on Amazon, can't you? Just look at the orders, see what she's bought. She hasn't worked that out yet. Um, But that's how you can find out. You you, You want things now, you don't want to wait for them. You don't want your gratification to be deferred. You want it now. It sounds here as though the blessings that we have are some way off, some distance off. They're in the heavenly realms. But listen, what we need to understand as those who are in Christ is that we are in the heavenly realms now. Now, not physically. Physically, we're in Hothorpe, and Hothorpe is a nice place. It's not quite the heavenly realms. But as people who are joined to Christ, who sits at the right hand of the Father, who is there interceding for us, that is where we are. It's not just where we belong. Christians sometimes talk about that. They they, they say, well, I belong in heaven. But actually, that's not quite right. Christians can say a bit more than that. They can actually say, I am in heaven There is a sense in which I, because I'm joined to Christ Jesus, am in heaven now. So just look across at chapter 2. Look across at chapter 2. Verse 4 of chapter 2. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up, past tense, God raised us up with Christ, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. There's that phrase again. Where are we as believers? Well, physically, we're here in this room. Spiritually, we are in the heavenly realms. That is where he's blessed us. But there's a little bit more to it than that. You see, the heavenly realms are important for this reason. There is no rust in the heavenly realms. There are no thieves in the heavenly realms. There are no moths in the heavenly realms. I choose those words carefully because you'll recognise them as words that Jesus used to describe the treasure that we're storing up. So when Paul says to the Ephesians, these blessings that you've been given, they are there for you in the heavenly realms, he's speaking of security. He's speaking of certainty. He's speaking of indestructibleness, whatever, you know, that these things cannot be diminished. They cannot be taken away. They cannot be destroyed or marred or scratched or dented or disturbed in any way. If these blessings were given to us in this world, they would be subject to decay. They would be at risk of being stolen They might even get moth-eaten. We have terrible troubles with moths. You you don't have moths in Birmingham, do you? I'm sure you don't have moths in Birmingham. But the moths... The problem is, I've been told, I've been told, 
not like expensive clothes. So I want you to know that we have terrible trouble with moths in our house, right? Let the reader understand. All our nice clothes, you know, lined up there. And you cannot get rid of them. And I I can't tell too many stories about my wife, but I'll tell one more. She is the moth demon, right? If she sees a moth in the bedroom, even if it takes 10 minutes, she'll chase it round until it's dead, just in case it destroys any more of our nice clothes that we don't really have. And so, you know, moths, they're, they're, they're tiny little things. They do terrible damage. They ruin your clothes. And before you know it, you get that you know, jumper out for Christmas, whatever it is, and, you know, it, it looked nice, had a nice little reindeer on it last Christmas, and now it's just got holes in it. It's ruined. It's no good. But because the blessings that God gives us, these blessings we're going to look at tomorrow, chosen, adopted, redeemed, forgiven, enlightened, included, sealed, because he gives us those blessings in the heavenly realms, there are no moths. There is no rust. There are no thieves. Who has blessed us? The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. How has he blessed us in Christ? Where has he blessed us? In the heavenly realms. And with what has he blessed us? I've saved the best till last. Look down and see what it says. With what has he blessed us? Every spiritual blessing in Christ. Not some, not many, not most, not several, but every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, it it may be that these blessings, as we look at them, you think, well, I'm not really going to fully grasp that. I'm not really fully going to understand it until I see him face to face. And even then, there will be a way to go. Perhaps I'm not going to fully enjoy it until I see him face to face. I'm not fully going to be able to delight in it because of my, kind of my sinful self until I see him face to face. But the reality is he has given us already everything he has given us and will give us. There isn't more to come. Which is not trying to say, you know, isn't life dull? Isn't life a little bit humdrum? You've got everything already. No, it's to say to you, Isn't life amazing? Isn't the Christian life wonderful? Isn't the Christian life extraordinary? He has given you everything in Christ already. And the secret, therefore, to Christian contentment is this. It's not for him to give you more. It's for you to enjoy and delight and rejoice in what he has already given I wonder how you would describe your Christian life. You gave it a few words. How would you describe your Christian life? Your Christian life is probably a bit, a bit like mine. It's a bit up and down. Perhaps if you're doing well, there's, there's more up than there is down. But there are, there are peaks and troughs, aren't there? You know, there are kind of good days and bad days. There are days where you feel really on fire for God, full of the Spirit, living a holy life. And there are the other days when you don't. You know, there is this kind of toing and froing. You, you hope as you go on in your Christian life is a, bit, a little bit less toing and froing, but it's still there. There are days when you wake up in the morning and you can't wait to open your Bible and, and to read it and to pray. And there are other days where you just you, you could find anything else to do except open your Bible and pray. It's a real, it seems a real chore. It seems a you know, real hardship. 
But here is the great truth of the Christian life. We are fully equipped. We are fully blessed. Friends, we've just got to realize it. We've just got to appreciate. We've just got to understand. We've just got to delight in what God has already given us in Christ Jesus. And if only we could do that, we would be drawn closer to him. We would walk more closely with him. So this is what we're going to do over the next few days. We're going to look at these blessings. We're going to break them down one by one. There are seven of them. Some people think it's significant there are seven. I'm not sure whether that's the case or not, but that's the way it is. There are seven of them. We're going to look at seven together. And what I want us to do together is to, first of all, understand them, to know what Paul is talking about. But we want to go beyond understanding. We want to affirm them, but we want to go beyond affirmation. What we really want to do is to rejoice in what he has given us. And I'll tell you why. Because ultimately, it's for him. Look at how verse 3 begins. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Paul doesn't begin verse 3 by saying to the Ephesians, isn't it neat that he's given us every spiritual blessing in Christ? Isn't it good? What a privilege we've got. Paul understands that the response of the heart that knows it's been blessed by God is to bless him. We've been blessed so that we can bless him. It's a theme that's picked up a few times. Look at verse 6, a little phrase, it comes a few times, to the praise of his glorious grace. See that phrase? It appears towards the end of verse 12, similar phrase, to the praise of his glory. It appears right at the end of verse 14, to the praise of his glory. These blessings that the Father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, gives us in Christ Jesus, in the heavenly realms, every spiritual blessing in Christ, he gives them to us so that we can bless him. He gives them to us so that our hearts well up in praise and delight and honour him and exalt Christ who is at work in us. And therefore, as we go through verses 3 to 14, if you're, if you're saying a prayer before you go to bed tonight or you wake up in the morning and you're saying a prayer, don't just pray, Lord, I want to understand these blessings. Don't just pray, Lord, I want to affirm these blessings. Don't even just pray that you want to delight in them, but pray that they would stir up a a heart of praise, a heart of thankfulness, a a joyfulness, a, a spirit that wants to bless God just as he has blessed us. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now you're all set. Let's pray. Father, we want to pray that as we get into these blessings tomorrow, we we do want to understand them. We do want to know what the word of God is saying. We do want to affirm them. We do want to delight in them, rejoicing in them. We do want to be secure in them. But most of all, Heavenly Father, we pray that you will stir our hearts 
stir our hearts to praise. May our lips and our hearts be full of blessing to you, for you have blessed us. Father, forgive us where we've constantly sought you to bless us more and we fail to understand that you have blessed us already. Help us to grasp these things. Father, we we want to pray this weekend will be a weekend of, of fun and good relationships and we might enjoy spending time with one another we might enjoy the beautiful countryside but most of all we pray it might be a weekend where we are blessing your name we are praising your name for you have blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in christ and we thank you in our savior's name amen